Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing really well. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'd like to ask all listeners to turn the playback speed of that episode to two times speed because we're doing a very speedy investigator episode today and it's important that you consume it as we intended which is super fast and that's because my partner does this sorry to to, to instantly sidetrack you Mm -hmm. she she listens to podcasts on 1.6 speed she's she's experimented with various speeds over over one and has settled on 1.6 as being ideal uh, wow. And it boggles my mind. I know some people like absolutely love it. Some people cannot listen. My partner being one of them cannot listen to things being played back at at the normal speed. At normal sedate <laughs> exactly. speed. Yeah. How about yourself? Are you are you a times two man, a times one point five man, or a times I'm one just man? A, I'm a times one man, but I am. You turn very it down, don't you? You anti ads. No, I'm point, very skip through ads and very aggressive five. at skipping through ads. And if I skip too much through an ad and miss a bit of what the people have then said, yeah. my feeling is that's punishment for them for ads. Wow. And that's, that's so I won't you know, go back to catch catch what they've said. It's on them. God, yeah. yeah. Wow. I'd but we had we had a listener recently it. <laughs> dusting, yeah. This the message comes in, Frank Frank skipped he skipped thirty seconds. God. I yeah. can't believe we're losing him like this. That's on you for ads. Three Bean Salad recently, they were reading out various letters and they realised they were giving free advertising to small businesses, basically. Because <laughs> there's all these people who've written in saying that they're now offering Pompadour <laughs> discounts. <laughs> sort of the penny drop that there's these businesses now advertising through their email section. Wow. it's great. I mean, if anyone wants to sponsor us, then. Yeah. You can skip through the ads and miss some of our delightful takes. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing an investigator-specific episode, which I hope you're listening to at double speed because it is a very speedy investigator. It's the, I guess, the original speedy investigator, Ursula Downs. Yay, Ursula. I can't believe we were both surprised we haven't covered Ursula yet. Yeah. I don't know why there's... Did we do a Jack episode not too long ago? We did, yeah. I think there's there's some overlap between Jack and Ursula. So maybe... We looked at Ursula, then we were like, no, we'll do Jack instead. I tell you what, the more we say this, the more worried I am that we have done an Ursula. <laughs> just haven't crossed her off. <laughs> just not crossed her off the list. Oh my I don't God. Know, I don't know how I could check that quickly. <laughs> Drawn to the flame, Ursula. Let's see what comes up. Yeah, oh man. This could be an embarrassing... No, no, nothing. God, how about that? Oh, got away with it. That... I mean, yeah. This is all staying scary. in. This is all staying in, of okay, course. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and the exciting thing as well, which we talked about off air, is means we've actually f- completed, by doing this episode, we've completed one deluxe expansion's worth of investigators, investigator specific episodes. Because we've done Leo, we've done Finn, we've done Father Matteo, and we've done Calvin. So Ursula completes the party and we can both retire. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is super exciting. So I mean, tell us I'm, about Ursula. I'm not that excited. You were quite excited. Whose turn <laughs> is it to read the front of the card? I think it's your turn. You read Vincent very yes. recently. So I'll read Ursula Downs, the Explorer. Three willpower, four intellect, one combat and four agility. She is wayfarer traited. She has a reaction ability. After you move to a location, take an investigate action. Limit once per round. Elder sign effect, plus one. After this test ends, you may move to a connecting location. Seven health, seven sanity. Discovery is easy. Understanding is the hard part. Do you want to, Frank, just give us a quick lowdown on what that reaction ability means? Yes, I can do that. After you move to a location, you can optionally trigger it because it's a reaction ability. And if you do that, you gain an action, which is an investigate action. It's not a basic investigate action, it's any investigate action. So, say you have a fingerprint kit in play, you could do action investigate with the fingerprint kit. Or, say you have an event in hand that says investigate, like burning the midnight oil, you could play burning the midnight oil as an investigate action. 
You could just investigate. You could just take a basic investigate with your lovely four intellect. Yeah. And that also, because it's taking an action, I believe that will trigger an attack of opportunity. Exactly. Doesn't yeah. sneak past any enemies that are at the new location. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure how you'd word it to give you a free investigate, but yeah, the important thing here is that it gives you an extra action, and that is an investigate action. So yeah, if you were to move in and get engaged with an enemy, you'd get hit, and anything that stems from investigates would affect you as well. Yeah. So it's a seeker with an extra action, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, which is nice, yeah. And I think quite quite an okay stat line. So... Mm. What's What do you think the public perception of Ursula is in the community at the moment? Hmm, great question. I feel like you have an answer lined up for this one. <laughs> I would, well, maybe that she's a bit specialist. She's hmm. not your go-to kind of main seeker because she doesn't just have clue acceleration necessarily baked in mm-hmm. in the way that some other seekers would. But I suppose, I guess... What I'd add to that is, which is something I wanted to say anyway, most Seekers have a way of somehow getting more clues a turn than than other investigators. That seems to be baked into the faction. Yeah. So, for instance, Daisy, uh, the original Seeker, she gets an action a turn for Tomes. And you could then say because she gets an action a turn for Tomes, that means she can free up more of her actions for investigating because she's got it baked in with you know, the extra action. Rex is another great example where if you succeed by enough, you get extra clues. For Ursula, you can get more clues a turn than most other people, but you've got to be moving. Yeah. And so it's a very specific way of playing, which is keep moving to keep kind of ticking over. Yeah, yeah. But what do you think about her perception among the community? I've always been slightly shocked because I've I've seen people be not necessarily negative about her, just not, not too enthused. But whenever I've played her, I've always had a great experience. Mm. Mm. I think she's. I think maybe we, what we'll see when we when we look at the the back of her card is that her deck building options maybe are maybe slightly un, ungenerous. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think she can take some great cards, and obviously, secret cards themselves are pretty good. And I think there's lots mm. of support for her playstyle in faction. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe today she would have had something a bit more generous there. Mm-hmm. A stat line, though, if we jump back to a stat line, oh man, it's an interesting one, right? There's no five in there, which is yeah. always slightly... It doesn't quite steer you quite in one direction or another, mm-hmm. but I I like the pairing of one combat with four agility. Yeah. And yeah. that extra point in combat then goes into willpower to stop her being quite so vulnerable in the mythos phase. Mm-hmm. I think that's it's a it's a nice stat line. The low combat on a seeker is good. You know, shame she doesn't have five intellect, but I think there's obviously a lot of ways in faction to boost her intellect up to make clue finding a bit smoother. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I think if you're gonna have a one in a stat in seeker, combat's where you want it to be. Mm. Because their main combat solutions is tricks and events and using intellect instead. So absolutely great that that's the one and yeah for intellect for agility is really nice in an investigator in terms of if they want to be off by themselves they can get clues and if they draw an enemy they probably can avoid it yeah evading it yeah yeah and then they've probably got the tools to move away quickly (laughs) from yes yeah exactly exactly i agree i think it's a really nice stat line it's a stat line as well where it's a reminder to me that I think this is a stronger stat line than two twos and two fours. Yeah. So Trish so. has two willpower and two combat. And I think I would always prefer Trish to have this stat line. Yeah. Just a little bit more robustness to do with uh, the mythos. And you're probably not using combat in Trish either. So yeah. you can I'd avoid to move the point somewhere else. You can avoid the combat tests a lot more easily than you can avoid the willpower tests. Exactly. Exactly. Her ability as well. I think let's just talk briefly about her ability and how how it comes across in play before we really <laughs> dive into her. I think it encourages you to sort of plan, do like meta planning. Mm. I, I certainly find I I think maybe a turn or two ahead more than I normally do. 
with Ursula because, you know, you want to be able to use that ability every turn. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that means like a plan a circuit or or plan plan a turn ahead so I can move back here next turn, get that clue when I use my free movement. Mm -hmm. Use, Use some movement to get the free investigate rather. Yeah, if you've got locations A, B and C rather than sitting on A and clearing it and then moving to B and clearing it and moving to C and clearing it. It might be, well, in turn one, I'm going to do summer A and move to B because I'll get a free investigate there. And then the following turn, I'll move to C and I'm actually leaving clues behind because I know I'm coming back or yeah, I don't mind moving around a bit. She's much less the clear each thing one step at a time and much more kind of leaving bits to tidy up. And that, that ties into one of my favourite cards in her, but I think, should we come back to her after we've read the back? Come mm, back to that once we yeah, read the back. Yeah. Okay, bro, we have deck size of 30, standard, deck building options, seeker cards, level 0 to 5, relic cards, level 0 to 4, neutral cards, level 0 to 5, deck building requirements, mm. Jake Williams, Call of the Unknown, and an RBW. RBW, yeah. Is that... 260 episodes in in the first yeah, time boom, we used done. that abbreviation. It's coined, minted, taken to the bank, that abbreviation. We can all start using it now. I've just read Cult of the Spider Queen, which is one of the Aconite Arkham Horror novels. Yes. And it includes Ursula and Jake as main characters in it. They join a young reporter for the Arkham Advertiser and go to the Amazon. And she is one of the more competent mythos investigators i would suppose (laughs) and is very good in that novel i think she's portrayed really well that she's quite feisty but more than that she's just really driven and makes everyone around her be really driven and i think that was captured really well by the author who is s.a cedor yeah who manages to capture that idea of she doesn't turn back she's always cracking on yeah. I think it's really, really done well. There's one point where she they're camping on the side of a lake and she wants to find out what's going on. She sees a ship in the lake or a boat in the lake and goes off in a canoe before anyone can sort of talk her out of it. And I like that idea of constant motion and always wanting to be exploring. It's nice. So question, are there any relics she cannot take? Yes. Well, so relics... She can't take level five, so she can't take things like the Armour of Arden or the Cyclopean Hammer. Yes. I think for instance. One other one. True magic. True magic she can't I take. I think all the rest of them she can take. Oh, no, the Red Clock. The Red Clock, yeah, good point. Level five, but I think all the rest of them she can, because there's, there's some neutral level five ones, and there's yeah. some seeker level five ones, which are picked up which by her take. other abilities. Yeah. yeah. Do any of the relics jump out to you as nice ones for her to take so relics not in seeker do you mean or just any relics at all well not in seeker not in seeker i've seen people talk about her taking the ornate bow interesting because that allows you to fight with your agility and it gives you plus two so if you're looking for a combat solution in ursula you might think about dedicating your hand slots to the ornate bow how about for you? I mean, I, I can only think back to high-level relics I've taken in there. Mm-hmm. I did... Well, I tell you what, let's 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 put a pin in that because we'll come back to it in a minute. But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I took a lot of accessory slot mm. relics because of the way I was running the deck. So Jewel of Aureolis, always one of my favourites. The Jewel mm-hmm. of Aureola, as, as we always <laughs> tend to call it. The nipple, nipple yeah. jewel. Nipple jewel, yeah. I think there's lots of good relics that occupy that slot. Yes, yeah. If if you're playing a, a campaign with lots of movement, the hemispheric map I think is quite nice. Yes, it gives you and some I feel nice like I don't boosts. see that card played a lot, apart from maybe in Ursula or in Luke. Yeah, I, every so often I think about it and I think, oh, actually this would be a great scenario for that. Like, as you get towards the end of, say, Edge of the Earth, or even at the beginning of Edge of the Earth... I think there's... Throughout Edge of the Earth. (laughs) Throughout Edge of the Earth. I think there's a lot of scope. Well, there's maybe one or two scenarios which it it is... It's not going to do much. Um, Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I think for the most part, that's got some really nice stat boosts. 
Plus, so t- to remind listeners, it's two cost and three XP. While your location is connected to at least two other locations, you get plus one willpower and plus one intellect. And then while your location is connected to at least four other locations, you get an additional plus one willpower and plus one intellect. I think that intellect boost is really good for Ursula as well. Mm, mm. So it becomes like a four, five and maybe a five, six. Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen people do crystalline elder sign as well. I was going to mention the crystalline elder sign. Yeah. You're, you're a fan yeah. of that, aren't you? I'm a big fan of that. You know, I predominantly play solo, so there's not really a downside to losing the plus one if I'm playing on standard. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, very nice. Again, actually, it's essentially what I've just described with the hemispheric map, but you also get plus one agility, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty nice. I think getting the stat boosts on, the re- on a relic is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought I was going to go further further than that, but I've, I've done. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> what we should mention within this as well is Ellie Horowitz. Well, I was I was going to save that for talking about deck building, but I think you're right. Mm. I'm, I, it's kind of one of the first cards I put into her because I really like using Tooth of the Atsley in, mm-hmm. in uh, Ursula as well. Some really nice stat boosts, some extra card draw. And if you can get that on Ellie, that's that's great. It's a free slot. Yeah, yeah. So Ellie searches the relics, great. And then hosts a relic for you. <laughs> she carries the relic around because she helps you out, which is just really useful because you might be taking relics, taking up slots that you have otherwise wanted to fill. It's a way of, yeah, getting those slots without buying a relic hunter or... I guess charisma if you want another ally, you'd use charisma. But yeah, or hands as well, because mm. she can't add hands easily. Tooth, of course, not being unique either. Double tooth, yeah. 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 So is relic zero to four the part of deck building you were alluding to where you said that maybe she has slightly weaker deck building than other investigators? I think it, it doesn't it feels like it should add a lot more than it probably does. I think mm-hmm. there's some great cards in the relic one, but the number that are relevant to Ursula don't doesn't feel like time worn brands in there as a relic. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone's taking time worn brand in Ursula, are they? No, I don't think so. There's probably a few more that that are great cards, but just don't quite. And like, there's a lot of high XP cards in there, and there's a lot of exceptional cards in there. You got uh, gold, gold pocket watch, gold, golden mm-hmm. pocket watch. Gold pocket watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, for if you really need a wild icon on a, on a skill test, you know we mentioned either the black fan or the crimson clock, or is it the black clock and the red crimson clock. fan? Red clock. Red clock. Yeah. The yeah. black fan. Mm-hmm. But again, like how many of those are you going to buy over the course of a campaign? Probably one, maybe two. Like big, big XP purchases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it, uh, yeah, it, it it can add some... There's some really nice cards in there, but I don't think you're adding too many of them. So for the most part, I think she's just relying on a single class of cards. And I think yeah. the other investigators that do that get a little bit of extra something to make up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's proven to be quite a strong investigator generally, both in solo and in multiplayer. It She is almost just a pure seeker who happens to be quite strong. But yeah, for Relic, first of all, it feels like it's a thematic choice. Yes, 100%. She likes to go exploring and finding Relics. It's not that Relics themselves really buff her yeah. core thing. And then also, I think, by the very nature of what Relics are, they often feel to me, or they have historically felt like, nice to include, but not necessarily the cornerstone thing in your deck that is what makes it work. I mean, there are obviously some exceptions to that. But yeah, so for instance, Crystalline Elder Sign, that's going to fuel you doing everything else. It's not giving you any extra move actions. So it's not actually leaning into making Ursula's ability fire. Mm. And I, as far as I can tell, I think Red Clock Level 2 is the only one of all the relics that's giving you a move. I could Oh, um, Ancient Stones as well. The Ancient Stones that um, allows you to move when you draw cards. But that's Seeker anyway. That's Seeker anyway, though, yeah. And I guess also Prophesii Profana has a move ability on it. But that's kind of it. I think Red Clock 
two is a nice in- include for Ursula, potentially. You've got the one charge, which gives you plus three skill. You've got two charges, which gives you a double move. And of course, you can trigger Ursula's reaction between the two moves if you want to. And then you've got three charges, which gives you an extra action, which is always useful. But yeah, up until this point, it's felt like relics don't necessarily, or certainly non-seeker relics, don't necessarily add much to what Ursula's doing. Slash non-neutral. Slash non-neutral, yeah. Non-seeker, yeah. non-neutral. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get you. I get you. I don't I don't think that's necessarily bad, but I think it, it explains why there might be hesitation around, well, her deck building doesn't give us that many things. Yeah. The other side of that is I've seen lots of really wild and wonderful Ursula decks yeah, where yeah, yeah. you get excited about, well, look at all the toys yeah, and stuff I my know. deck with. And that's wonderful. I, I'm the same. And you'll just see like, well, why is this like 8 XP mad card in this deck? <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. well, because I could take it. <laughs> Therefore, yeah. I thought it wasn't a good idea to take it. Yeah. Well, what about signatures? Do they yeah. give us more of the picture? Uh, so we have Jake y- Williams. Y- yeah. <laughs> Three cost asset. Subtrade, sub subtitle, loyal companion, intellect and wild icons, ally and wayfarer traded, Ursula Downs deck only. The first move or investigate action you perform each turn does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Reaction after you reveal a location or put a new location into play, exhaust Jake Williams, draw one card, three health, two sanity, and takes up the ally slot. So last time I played with an Ursula journey only a couple of weeks ago, my friend played Jake Williams' last action of the first turn, and then in the first Mythos phase, drew a Crypt Gel and lost Jake Williams. Oh, <laughs> oh Jake. <laughs> Poor Jake. Uh, like, he's fine. I'd, you get a dribble of extra cards from him. That's fine. It's it's a bit heirloom of Viperborea, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you get some new cards. If you get him early, he's kind of a no-brainer to get down. Yeah. He's, he's a decent enough soak as well, like three costs for five soak. That That's fine i think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the ability also fine like i don't think ursula is really struggling to evade enemies so if if one lands on her like what are you doing to get what you're doing with that first action that isn't evading the enemy anyway you know what i mean (laughs) yes yeah so you've got two more actions to spend presumably with the with the, the the enemy still on you unless it's a massive enemy you know that's it's it's nice there because you could just like walk out of a room, just hit mm-hmm. hit the bricks. You know, if it the, sucks, hit the bricks. The no attack of opportunity first action thing. The reason why it's so weird is I've drawn an enemy. I've got three actions. I could investigate, not taking a hit. Mm-hmm. But then my next two actions, I have an enemy on me. Yeah. So I'm probably at that point evading and moving away, and I can't do anything like say first action draw to try and get a card that's going to help me with this enemy. I suppose I could first action move, revealing a a location which would draw me a card from Jake, but I'm then not going to trigger Ursula's ability, probably, because it would give me an extra action which would trigger an attack of opportunity. (laughs) So it's, it's such a specific situation where it could help you that I find I often just essentially ignore that first ability and what I use Jake for more is the card ability. Unlike the heirloom, I think with the with Jake's reaction ability, you can calculate quickly looking at a scenario how many cards you can draw mm-hmm. if you've played it before and you can make the assessment of how many do I want to get out of this, particularly in solo where you're going to be the only person revealing or putting new cards, new locations into play. You know, you see this turn one and you know right, I'm playing, uh, I don't know, House Always Wins, so I'm going to reveal in the first area three locations and then I'm going to put another clump of locations in and visit all of them, so it's going to work out as probably eight cards, so that's cool. But in other scenarios, you might go, right, it's not worth it. Or halfway through House Always Wins, you might say, well, hang on, I'm not going to play Jake because I'm only going to draw this many cards. As soon as you go to multiplayer, I think it gets even harder to justify because it adds this restriction on the team that Ursula wants to be the one going into every location so that she gets the reveal and she gets the draw, and that just can be fiddly. i tell you what it combos with. I was just thinking about this. Uh, Archaic Glyphs, Prophecy Foretold. I had to look up mm. which, which of the relevant glyphs this was. 
or I mean, sort of any of the, the glyphs really, you've got an investigate action you could take, which then evades an enemy. Okay, yeah. But yeah, then, nice. like, I'd, I mean, are you <laughs> why taking... Why not just evade? Yeah, yeah but yeah, exactly. You're not, why are you taking Prophecy Foretold as the, your upgraded glyphs in Inertia, unless you've been mm-hmm. using, as mm-hmm. you should be, um, Shrewd Analysis <laughs> to, to get free upgrades. I, I guess there's the situation where the shroud is low and the evade value is high. Yeah, potentially. But, yeah, it's not necessarily a reason to do that. It's a more niche situation. I thought you were going to say you take, say, Witten Green as your ally. Mm-hmm. And then when you reveal locations with Witten, you also get to search your deck. Yeah. So you could I get mean, then you're running Charisma then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's. I think he's fine. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Jake. Should we go on to her signature weakness? Mm, let's do it. Brill, we have Call of the Unknown. This is a task weakness. Revelation, put Call of the Unknown into play in your threat area. Forced, at the beginning of your turn, choose a location other than your location. When your turn ends, if you did not successfully investigate the chosen location this turn, take two horror and shuffle Call of the Unknown back into your deck. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just looking at the art again and thinking, Ursula is a weird person, isn't she? Looking at a darkened hallway <laughs> in some ancient temple with blood dripping out of the door, being like, I wonder what's in there. I think this uh, this weakness, this actually swung it for you for us talking about Ursula today, didn't it, Frank? It did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think this, be- this, I- this weakness is better in the kind of conception than it is in practice. Mm-hmm. I said to you earlier, I think there's there's a couple of weaknesses like this. We were looking at a different weakness that was similar. It stays in play until you don't do a thing, and then you take some consequence and it gets shuffled back into your deck. It, it forces Ursus to act in, in a fun way, right? So you're picking locations and then moving to them and investigating them. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Ursula wants to be doing, but it forces you to be on the move. You can't mm-hmm. stay in one place. It's like an itchy weakness. So that's, that's a fun kind of compulsion, mm-hmm. but... Mm-hmm. Unless you're really churning through your deck, it feels like you're better off acknowledging you're just going to take the horror and then not worry about it. As mm. soon as it becomes mm-hmm. onerous to, to abide by the rules of the, the weakness, you just sack it off straight away and it just gets shuffled back into your deck. Yeah. So you keep it in yeah. play like, yeah, 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 okay, I'm going there this turn, I'm going to investigate, that's fine. I'm going there, that's fine. And then mm, this turn, I really can't do that. Oh, well, yeah. I'll take the two horror. And it's gone. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, there's there's a weak compulsion to keep it in play because it just it goes as soon as you're not able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it didn't shuffle back into your deck and just stayed in play, horrifying you, that might really change the logic because every time you fail to do it, you'd be being punished immediately. It might make it too too difficult a weakness to deal with. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I've often seen there are some scenarios where it's just like, we need to get out. We're mm. heading in a particular direction. You you might not even want to pick a location you're moving to, or you might be at the right place and just need to get the last few clues or whatever it is. And yeah, in those in those circumstances, you can essentially avoid the call of the unknown, as in you avoid the actual call. You just go, oh, I'm not bothered. Mm. It, I like that it... It incentivizes you to actually do what you should be doing with Ursula, which is keep moving. So it's a weird weakness because it's not telling you not to do that thing. It's telling you do that and sort of turning up the pressure on do it more, do it more, do it more. But yeah, I think as soon as you feel like your play is getting bent out of shape to accommodate Call of the Unknown, that's the time when you just accept that you're going to lose it. And two horror as the penalty, I don't remember that being particularly bad. Mm. Her willpower's all right, so she's not necessarily getting horrified by the encounter deck all the time. And seeker allies normally have good sanity soak. Yeah, often too sorry, uh, too horror soak. Yeah, yeah. So so you could say be putting one of one horror on an an ally, and she's she's got low sanity for a seeker. She's got seven, but it's still a a decent score. So let's move on more broadly to Ursula. Mm-hmm. What kind of cards does she steer you towards? And I think there's a, there's an obvious answer to this, Frank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is movement cards? Yeah, yeah. Movement cards and investigate cards, really. Both let you get good mileage out of her ability. 
Mm-hmm. So for our movement cards, we might be looking at Shortcut. We might yeah. be looking at Pathfinder. Yeah. Truth Beckons. Truth Beckons. Esoteric Atlas for a yeah. big move. The if, classic. For some reason, that's what we want. Yeah. Pathfinder feels like the real winner in that bunch. So much so mm-hmm. that it's it's tabooed up to level 3. Well, well, 3 XP, sorry. Level 1, three but 3 XP. XP. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and anyone who's played with Pathfinder can... Well, can can testify to to its strength, especially when you've got two Pathfinders on the go. So with a single Pathfinder, you essentially, as Ursula, get five actions in a turn because you get a move, a free move from the Pathfinder, a free investigate, and then your three normal actions. So that can lead to those situations that you've described on the cast before of then saying, and then for my normal actions... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're good. I mean, investigate actions let you exploit your ability by turning it into all sorts of like different kinds of tempo like being able to play burning the midnight oil burning the midnight oil Mm -hmm. it's more of a mouthful than i expected just you know that's a free action to play kind of an emergency cash right it's nice the the more ways you can bend your your additional action the better daisy is limited to using the kind of one or two or three or four assets she's got in play, the tomes she's got in play. Mm-hmm. Ursula, it's anything with investigate strapped onto it. And as more comes out, more cards come out, you know, more cards have things strapped to an investigate. Unearth the Ancients came out in Forgotten Age with yeah. Ursula. And that's an investigate where you pick an asset in your hand. And if you pass the investigate, you get to play the asset. Mm. So Unearth the Ancients, I don't see played a lot in many seekers at all but the idea that in ursula you might use your investigate to play a card is really nice as another way of manipulating what she's doing and we saw an edge of the earth an upgrade to that that allows you to play two assets as an investigate and you still get a clue if you pass yeah so that suddenly you can use unearth the ancients as a kind of it's almost and ever vigilant, it's get two two cards and a clue going rather than three assets. It's pretty nice, and it has a clause about relics as well, which obviously is another hint towards this is a good card for Ursula or a card that she could make use of in a way that other investigators might not. Not necessarily a good card for her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was falling into the the Frank fallacy, or whatever it is <laughs> the plan of action fallacy. One of the several several Frank fallacies. <laughs> oh yeah, thank thank you. Yeah. So th- the other thing is that those movement cards. We did an episode on movement a little while ago, mm, mm. which was really fun to do. Movement effects are good. Ursula, I think I've made this point before on the podcast, but Ursula sort of encourages you to take cards that are good already mm, there's a, there's a mm-hmm. kind of virtuous circle of these cards are good in Ursula but they're yeah. also good cards so you're encouraged to play them and then to use them mm, to get mm. the most out of her ability she's like a little oh, do, do I dare make this this comparison she's a bit like a kind of training wheel like saying like nudging you towards this is good to do right mm-hmm. she's like a little guide that says okay if you do this then you get more value it's a really yeah. obvious kind of carrot um, mm-hmm. for for encouraging you to do things that are good. Move around without spending actions and investigate places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where the relics run sort of counter to that, because stuffing in some exotic relics and fun things <laughs> yeah. distracts sometimes, you. <laughs> yeah, it is a distraction. It's the shiny distraction that isn't focusing in on let's move or let's investigate. It's saying, oh, and also... I'll play this grotesque statue and I can draw two tokens instead of one for tests. Mm. It's like, that is a, a good ability, but it's not the core of move, investigate, more move, investigate. Like kind of a, a, a meta, a meta role playing as, as Ursula, distracted by <laughs> yeah. nice yeah. relics. Can I throw in another investigate card? Yes. From the Scarlet please, Keys. Yeah. So if you've not been covering any of the Scarlet Keys previews and you want to cover your ears, this will just be very short. Skip ahead. You know, that's fine. As you've heard, I've said that that's fine. So one of the announced that. (laughs) So one of the cards that's been announced is Map the Area. And this is a one-cost event. It's an investigate. Add your willpower or agility to your skill value for this investigation. If you succeed, instead of discovering clues, attach Map the Area to the location. 
and reduce the difficulty of all skill tests at the attached location by one. So where I'm getting excited about this for Ursula is obviously she can use her additional action to play this if she's in a team and she wants to make a location easier for people. You could also be using that if you've already cleared a location of clues and you just want to throw down map the area because there's going to be a big boss fight or there's something else going on. Or it could be that you're turning up in a location where you're going to spend a lot of time investigating and you're just dropping the the shroud for all future investigates. So I, th- I think there's maybe scope there for this being a useful card that she could she could throw out as well. And obviously it's on theme with the idea of exploring. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I think the other thing similar to map the area that I really like is field work. Mm, you know yeah. how much of a fan of field work I am. Yeah, yeah, I do. But that that does a, has a similar sort of feel to it in that when you're moving around a lot, it's a way of boosting the power of any of your tests, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not just to investigate tests. Mm-hmm. You can be in a situation where there's a big enemy at the location or, or some kind of big test, like a, I'm trying to think of an example, I don't know, a locked door or something like that, or an yeah. obscuring fog at a location. And Ursula uses one movement ability to leave a location, takes a free investigate, moves back to the first investigation, the first location, triggers both of her field work, and has plus four to this, the relevant stat. Yeah. We've yeah. done that with like things like parlay tests and everything like that. So Ursula like, is just there, like, oh, back in a sec, and then charges mm. out, and then charges back, and it's like, Eureka! I, I know what to do. Fun. It's lovely. It's yeah. really nice. The timing point is the same for her reaction and fieldwork, so you can pick the order as well. So if you don't need help investigating when you move into a location, but mm-hmm. you would need help with another test on that location, mm-hmm. you can move in, investigate, then tap fieldwork, pass a test. So say there's a parlay, exactly as you say, or there's a, another ability that requires you to take a test on the location. So that's really handy. And I guess that feeds into another angle with Ursula, which is we talked earlier on about maybe leaving clues lying around for field work and for her movement. Yeah. But also what we're seeing in Scarlet Keys and what we've seen a little bit before is that Seeker do have the ability to drop clues. And yeah. I think a nice include for Ursula, if you're not going Ellie, is Malison and gives you a bit of control over what you draw from the encounter deck and also turns on field work for you if you drop clues strategically so that maybe, yeah, you need, ah, oh, there's a really big test here that I'm not going to be able to pass. Ah, I'll drop a clue here with Malison, ping, pinball away and back in and exhaust my field works and on I go. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. There's something in that which is really fun of sort of leaving the breadcrumbs of different clues around and then zooming around and scooping them up. Where do we want to go next? That's a good question for Ursula. <laughs> Where do we want to go next? Yeah. Do we need to talk about the, the elephant deck in the room, which is dubs? Yes. Dreamy Ursula by Scott. Yeah. Way back when we were designing decks for the Dream Eaters and Scott from Mythos Busters, curse their name forever, was talking about doing an Ursula deck. And I remember exchanging notes with him, but I can't claim any credit for the deck. It's all his work. But we were looking at solo Ursula and the thrust of it being go fast. And that deck, I think, is a fantastic deck. I've played through multiple campaigns with it. It's really fun to play. And definitely I'd recommend if you're the kind of player who doesn't really play solo and isn't sure about solo, Dubs is a really nice entry to it. Basically, the goal is go as quick as you can. We've touched on lots of cards that are included but it has very few enemy solutions and really just relies on agility and on Malison to shuffle away enemies if you don't need them. And its goal is to go quicker than the encounter deck can deal with you. It's, yeah. I guess, like an aggro deck, if we use those words. It's just going to absolutely turbo through. You always want to be moving. One of the great strengths, of course, with Ursula in solo is that many locations are only one eye. So you go in, get the clue, and you're done there. You never need to come back. Yeah. So you don't have the thing that we described earlier of having to decide, do I sit here and investigate? Yeah. Or do I bounce around? You're just always incentivized to bounce around, which is what she wants to do. Yeah. Any sort of alternative routes for Ursula that you have in mind or or 
particular Ursula builds that have caught your attention? Well, I don't know. I sort of feel that part of her is is that she's guided down a particular route. Mm. I do think her ability, having you talked about dubs, just made this brought this back to mind. I think potentially she can struggle in like a two eye location at a high play account mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because she ends up having to bounce between locations. And if you don't have movement tools set up, you don't have the tools there to bounce around like you need to, to really make the most of her. Mm-hmm. So you need to find like your big multi-clue, multi-clue tools. She's not like Rex, for instance, who's like just shoveling clues into his pockets. She wants to keep moving and keep going fast. But sometimes you just need to clear like a two-eye or a three-eye location before you can move on. Mm -hmm. And if she's pinned down, not being able to move, all of these cool things you've put on her deck, all of your field works and your... your, um, Not scout ahead. (laughs) I'm thinking of Jack again. Uh, All Mm -hmm. of your pathfinders and your shortcuts and stuff like that. None of that really helps you do that. Mm -hmm. As soon as you're having to take a move action to start triggering her ability immediately diminishes the value of that ability while you've been getting the extra investigate action Mm. for no actions. That's obviously quids in. But as soon as it becomes an action, it's like, ah, okay. We haven't really talked about her Elder Sign, but I've, again, like in Solo, I think the Elder Sign is fantastic because it just feels like progress. But I've seen it pulled in multiplayer and the Ursula player actually be like, ah, I kind of don't want to move. Like, I could, but then I just have to move back here anyway and... Yeah, 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 yeah. It almost just, she sort of grinds to a halt, doesn't she? In that regard, I feel like in higher player count, because she's unconventional in the way she get clues, it feels like you probably want a second dedicated clue getter or maybe a person who's happy to sit at a location and do the, the, the brunt of the work, which I imagine you would have in a four-player group anyway. I think... Maybe it's worth you telling listeners about your Edge of the Earth party because you had Ursula in. in yeah, Matt, that was right? that, yeah, that was that was Ursula, Trish, Daniela, and Lily in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was sort of a two two sets of two people parties. Um, so what mm-hmm. one more tanky character and one more investigated character sort of split up and, and investigated off by themselves. Mm-hmm. But but I think both Trish and Ursula sort of struggled with high clue locations so mm. it was a lot of actions for them both to clear those out yeah yeah especially with no help basically from either of the rest of us <laughs> from lily and daniela were like whatever just yeah. show me the enemies and i'll deal with them i'm not, I'm not interested in your clues mm. Mm. yeah you kind of want a safeguard character with ursula to take advantage of all of her movement <laughs> yeah yeah well that's how we ran through edge of the earth right we did did Jack and Lily, and Lily had safeguard. Yes, yeah. Just I was your cl- pocket fighter. Yeah, yeah, cling on to his coattails as he shoots around the map. Yeah, with my dragon pole as a basically as a lance. As a yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd think that she'd fit Edge of the Earth pretty well, given that they're large maps, so there's lots of ground to cover, and she's incentivized to cover ground. I think so, yes. I've heard anecdotally stories of people playing Edge of the Earth solo with Ursula and being like, this is amazing. <laughs> so, you know, there's enough space in most scenarios to to run away. I think even one of our patrons told me that they finished To the Forbidden Peaks before the Terror from the Stars. Oh, spawned. wow, the dream. Yeah, the dream. That's just incredible. run up that mountain. Because every time she moves to a new location, well, not every time, but each turn you're trying to make progress and you're covering, say, two or three locations in a round and just going for it. I think there's quite a bit of agility testing that happens throughout that campaign as well. Mm-hmm. There's some some notable agility weaknesses, which she's not bad at getting around. Yeah. And I suppose, finally, upgrade path? Is there anything, any high-level seeker cards that are particularly good for Ursula that... Well, Pathfinder is the one that, that springs to mind. Yeah. The other one that springs to mind for me is the new Prophesii Profana, well, newish last cycle. Mm-hmm. It boosts intellect and agility, which she likes, does have a movability, and 
the unfixed version just gave you un- ignore a taxable opportunity as well. Yes. So you've got that opportunity to be racing around, not worrying about enemies in multiplayer because someone else will deal with them. And then in solo, it means you can, for instance, do some moving around, getting free investigates as Ursula, and then picking where you want to evade the enemy and dump it, which is really nice. Or you might also, with her stats, decide when you draw an enemy, well, I've only got three turns left, so I'll just keep this enemy on me, which is such a weird thing to say as a seeker, but maybe you, you calculate I can take three damage and three horror and I'll be done, and I just don't spend any actions clearing this enemy. Jake's looking at the Prophesii, Profana, with sadness. Yeah. Ursula's yeah. new friend. I think there's a few things of the worldly compass I've seen people use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a relic as well. So if you pack your deck with enough relics, then Ellie becomes more likely to hit. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. you could if you could manufacture a deck that uses the Queen's Pendant, don't know whether mm-hmm. Ursula's necessarily quite the right deck to be using that in, but, but maybe... Yeah, because if you're using Witten as well, that's another way of finding yeah. the segments. Then you can jump around and investigate free actions, and also it's got like enemy management built in as well. Yeah, and I suppose the other angle here in terms of not just upgrades, but in focus, is any of the Seeker clues at range cards. So you're seeking answers in the no vantage point. One of the ways you can mitigate that you might want to be moving around is if when you investigate, you actually investigate at range. So yeah. you move and then seeking answers to get a clue, either the location you've just left behind or a, another location that's been opened up. And similarly, vantage point, you might pull yeah, a clue with you. you love to, vantage point. I do love vantage point because it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I love it because you just feel like you're gaming the game. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. aha, you wanted me to get two clues here at this uh, four shroud location. <laughs> what about I get them at this one shroud location? Yeah. Just feels satisfying. That's a side I've not seen too much in Ursula, the clues at range. I guess you could get Webbo in there as well, William Webb, and be doing stuff around that. But yeah, I'd be be interested to see that. That is an interesting direction to go, actually, yes. You could take advantage of that free investigate even when you're not finding clues as well. Not finding clues Mm. on the location you're moving into. What about uh, Genet as well? Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> that's huge for what she's doing and how exactly that movement manipulate thing. Mm. Yeah, in the in the know, by the way, is investigate any revealed location. So is you it could an move. investigate action? It is, yeah, yeah. So you could trigger that off off moving, couldn't you? Yeah, Jenna would Jenna, for instance. Sorry, just to remind people what Jenna does. She has a mm-hmm. reaction, which is during your turn after you move to a location, exhaust Jenna and move a clue or a non-elite enemy from a connecting location to your location, or vice versa. So, if you're moving around a lot, you could be stacking up clues on lower shroud locations, moving mm-hmm. enemies away from where you where you don't want them to be, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're with Pathfinder as part of this, you could decide I'm going to Pathfind out of this High Shroud location, pulling a clue with me as Janae, and then use my free Investigate at this Lower Shroud location to get the clue. There's just a lot of scope for manipulation. And she gives you the plus Intellect, plus Agility. So yeah, again, yeah, yeah. like five and five. fives in your two key stats. Which is, is really good. Yeah, really good indeed. So those are a few possible upgrade options, I suppose. Did Janae have a Taboo or Tabooing. a She has she taboo, yeah. She's up to 5 XP now. Right, okay. Probably still good, to be honest. Yeah. So she's she's chained, right? Not mutated. She's chained, yeah. Which makes sense, I think. Even from before I played her, I thought that it was an incredibly strong ability and heard other people say, wow, this is strong. And mm-hmm. 5 XP, she is probably a 5 XP ally. Yes. So, yeah, which is great. Any last Ursula thoughts as we speed through our list of questions? Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the classic investigative question is why do you enjoy playing them, right? Mm, and, mm-hmm. and for me, Ursula, the feeling of going fast really reflects her... We've often described her as a puppy, like bounding into the mm-hmm. undergrowth and bounding mm-hmm. back with a clue. That She really feels like that when you, when you play it and you build into her. Um, and I, mm. I enjoy that feeling. I enjoy going fast. I enjoy being competent and passing tests until she stumbles across something in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah I think I think she's just great fun to play. 
How about yourself? What's what's your feelings on that? Well, building on that image of her bounding off into the undergrowth, there's something about her feeling unconventional as a seeker because she doesn't necessarily need the support. And I sometimes feel like playing opposite an Ursula. Their plan has so many moving parts and running around that you just leave them to it. And it can be quite satisfying. It's not like your seeker saying, yeah, well, I'm going to go here and can you come with me and protect me? You just let Ursula go off and do her thing. And she's sort of almost too quick to follow. So I really like that. I think she's really strong solo. And part of the appeal for me is playing a seeker solo, because normally that requires a bit of work in terms of how you're going to handle enemies. So when she came out, that lovely four agility enemies aren't going to be too much of a problem, at least early on. It's just so nice. It's just so reassuring. I really, really like that. Yeah. So, so that would be the other reason that I really enjoy her, is that it, you've got that assurance that you've got the stats to be able to make progress, and you're protected. And then, yeah, there's just, again, another virtuous circle, the feedback loop of, I'm going to take a move because I need to. Ooh, I've taken Investigate. I'm making progress. It's just really enjoyable. Doing Arkham well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How about you, listener? What do you enjoy about Ursula Downs? Have you seen her being played in a multiplayer group in a way we haven't described or you know, maybe in a, a, a different kind of build that we've missed? It's quite possible. We're only two normal men. We're just innocent men, Peter. <laughs> Thank you. Slip that we in right at the last minute. We don't, we don't get to see every single build out there. So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We're at Drawn to the Flame Podcast at dreamal.com. We're Drawn to the Flame on Facebook, Twitter, designed by humans if you want merchandise, and Patreon. Thanks to all our patrons out there, past and present. We really appreciate it. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Reddit and Steam and um, Instagram as d.unitled on Instagram. Uh, yeah, so please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm on Twitter as FB. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. I mainly tweet if I tweet at all about therapy-related things, but sometimes I tweet about Arkham as well. And then I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. In a dream, it was also that he came by his name of Fitzquaid, for when awake he was called by another name. Perhaps it was natural for him to dream a new name, for he was the last of his family, and alone among the indifferent millions of London, so there were not many to speak to him and remind him who he had been. Three nights afterwards, Ian Sinclair came again to Kelephias. As before, he dreamed first of the village that was asleep or dead, and of the abyss down which one must float silently. Then the rift appeared again, and he beheld the glittering minarets of the city, and saw the graceful galleys riding at anchor in the blue harbour, and watched the ginkgo trees of Mount Aran swaying in the sea breeze. It's just classic dreamland nonsense.